This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming only on Hulu. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. At the UPS store, we know things can get busy this upcoming holiday. You can count on us to be open and ready to help with any packing and shipping or anything else you might need. Is there anything you can't do? Um, actually, I don't have a good singing voice. <clears throat> the UPS... Nope. But our certified packing experts can pack and ship just about anything. At least that's good. The UPS Store. Be unstoppable. Most locations are independently owned. Product, services, pricing, and hours of operation may vary. See center for details. Come in today to get your holiday goodies there on time. Hello and welcome to the Olive Magazine podcast. My name is Laura Rowe. I'm the editor of the magazine and your host for this episode. This week, editorial assistant Ellie chats to young British foodie co-founder Chloe Scott Moncrief about the power of veg and why we should be celebrating butter and how you can be a granny and still enter the awards. Plus, web editor Alex and cookery writer Adam are fresh off a dumplings trail through London's Chinatown to celebrate National Dumplings Day. They give us the lowdown on some of the 80 types of dim sum available, along with the best places to eat them in Chinatown. First up, here's Ellie and Chloe. Hi, it's Ellie here, and today we're chatting to Chloe Scott Moncrief, who is a co-founder of the Young British Foodies. And the sixth award ceremony took place last week. And basically, it's just a big celebration of new foodies that are doing exciting things, really, isn't it? Can you describe yes, it a bit it is. better than that? Well, I think the awards were born out of an urge to shine a spotlight on new, vibrant food and drink talent because when uh, certainly five six years ago when we started this it, there was there was sort of a gentle division between establishment but then there was 95 percent of food and drink culture across britain it didn't feel like it really had a platform where it was all being collated and um it was slightly inspired i went to art college it was slightly inspired by the young british artists okay <laughs> because in my in my era when i was at art college they were mm. swaggering and confident and new and vibrant and and, you know, this sort of new and credible scene. Yeah. And I thought, actually, it's not about this, us anymore. Food and drinks yeah. really having its moment. This is the and, place. To yeah, learn. and they're the young British foodies, yes, not exactly. artists. So so it's really born to recognise all those people. So you set it up with Lily and, and Amy. Amy, yes. yes. And how did that kind of come about? 
Well, it came about, a Amy and I went to school together okay. um, and have always been friends. Yeah. And Lily, I've always admired as a baker. And I guess I really trust and respect their skills. Um, and the actual idea came because Amy, Amy moves things. She's a moment, she makes things yes. happen. Yeah. And she kept saying, Chloe, Chloe, I was the food editor of Metro, oh, yes. Metro's food yeah. pages at the time. She's like, we should, you know, have a party or do something with all these people you write about. And I was actually on maternity leave and mm -hmm. having a bit of an insomnia night and thought, I, I don't know. And it just yeah. all came out in scribbles. Yeah. Scribbles and paper <laughs> under a pillow. And the next day it had YBS and it had a few other names with it. And, and ideas for of... categories and people I'd love to get involved, yeah. like Marina O'Loughlin. And yeah, just lots of food people food I knew. And, and, yeah. and, um, and, and then Amy, who is... Um, yeah, it makes things happen. Yeah. That she moved it she along got with me. And, yeah. And so there are, there are about 10 categories that, yes. Um, yes. yes, and it are. ranges from everything to like street food to butchery yeah. to front of house as well, yeah. isn't it? How did... Uh, like, yeah, well, uh, originally, again, six years ago, I, we sort of picked the categories according to what we felt weren't in the establishment. In the, yeah. So things like street food, which felt so prevalent and at the time and so important and yet there, there, nobody uh, was no not yeah. really I mean there is the British Street Food Awards now mm. which, which hatched around the same time but no there wasn't again it felt like and we had coffee and we had yes. chefing um, but again it wasn't we didn't want it to be like Master Chef we didn't want no. it to be formulaic and and prescriptive we wanted it to be imaginative and a bit, I guess a bit of a free-for-all in that yeah. you don't have to stick by any rules and you just do what you yeah. do yeah and, and then the categories meat was already I guess very important and topical six years ago but funny enough vegetables we yes. only bought in the veg category we probably only bought in three years ago okay and I think that's wow that's I think amazing. that's reflective yes, of a change definitely. in our culture that we all know now that well a vegetables are center place yeah. on the plate but also you know people are doing really exciting things with leaves yes, and exactly <laughs> I know it sounds matter. silly but it's great isn't it yes and so yeah. who um so for the vegetable category, yeah. who are you celebrating in that category? Is it the growers? It is mainly, I, it, it is, because the YBF doesn't really, sometimes maybe this is a good thing or a bad mm. thing, but we, we don't have many rules. We like yeah. to not have rules. Yeah. So really, and we're really inclusive. So it is a bit like yeah. anyone, anyone can enter. Doing something with anyone who veg. loves plants yeah. <laughs> and veg Amazing. can enter. Um, but within that, what we have noticed, there has been quite a big trend for people who are growing the most incredible things. Yes. So, for example, yeah. this year, Luke Farrell from Rye Water Plants entered. Yes. I mean, he's doing East Asian. He's growing them direct, you know, in the UK and supplying yeah. them to Asian restaurants, but also wow. to top, top London restaurants. Yes. But the way yeah. he's approaching these Eastern Asian herbs and spices yeah. is incredible. I mean, he's really pioneering for a British grower. Um, and then there's, you know, another finalist this year was Richard and Mandy from Lane Cottage Produce. And their salad leaves were yeah. just yes, mind-blowing. because we went to the awards and everyone yeah. was talking about how incredible the these salad leaves yeah. are. And I was like, I need to you try these. You didn't even <laughs> need to dress them. No. You could just have a few straight. of their leaves. Yeah, eat wow. them straight. Um, That's amazing. So I think the vegetable category is actually a really, really exciting, exciting one. one yeah. Yes. And... Yeah, signifies a change in how we're eating. How we're eating, yeah, definitely. And at Olive, we do a lot of street food stuff. And 
we like to focus on new street food producers as well. And so the winner this year was Kitty Travis. That's right. She? Yes. Yeah. And she makes incredible ice creams. Yeah. And we, on the night, we had a rosemary and caramel one that she was doing. Yes. Um, but yeah, it's just exciting because I'd kind of heard about her vaguely a few years ago. And yeah. It's great to see them kind of coming up and being celebrated. Oh, yes. She, I mean, she really does deserve huge amounts of recognition because her ice creams are like a kaleidoscope yeah. of colour and flavour. It's amazing. And, and I think she's also such a YBF at heart because there's so much integrity there and yeah. it's all about just doing something she really, really, really love. truly loves. Yeah. At, you know, top quality, um, but almost doing it yeah, for, for the sake of doing yeah. it, not not for commercial reasons. No, they and just really love it. Yeah. And we were saying that they're very, like, when we went to the awards, the winners were so humble when they, yeah. it was very much, they were all shocked that they won, kind of. Yeah. And it's so lovely to see that, that yes. they still don't believe it in a way. No, <laughs> they don't, because often with the YBFs, these are people working in really small businesses. You could call them entrepreneurs, but sometimes it's, it's almost just about craftsmanship yeah. and they, they found a small space often with, you know, with um, low overheads and they're just trying to make something very, very beautiful. And, yeah. and those sort of personalities do tend to often, they work long hours, but they, they tend to often be very humble. Uh, yes. And they're almost just in their own zone. Yeah. Just, just getting on with on what, what they're they do. doing. Yeah. So the idea that the outside world could be like, look at what you're doing. Loving it as yes. well. Yeah, it's amazing. Like, yeah. And so... This might sound silly, but to be a young British foodie, it's young in the sense of the business, isn't it? Rather than yes. age. Yes, <laughs> we always it's important to quote unquote. We always say young in spirit. Yes. So it's very much a mindset and an approach. Business, uh, basically new, vibrant, just starting something that doing something a bit different. Yeah. So you could actually be a granny or a grandpa yeah. and enter. And then, yeah. If, if you've got that approach, it's just all about celebrating the new, really. Yeah. So that's yeah. great. And which is one of your favourite categories? Would you say? Which is one of my yeah. favourite. Well, I've just mm. done. I say just done. It's all over now, isn't it? But I've <laughs> yeah. just done the um, meat judging. Yes. Obviously, the meat judging at Meatopia yes, with Richard Turner course. and Amazing. James George. I mean, that's always quite a mind-blowing yeah. category. Um, I think what I love about it is you get quite a lot of farmers and you're getting that whole field to fork thing and um, people who are so incredibly passionate about their livestock. Yes, and that really is their life, isn't it? Like yes. Farmers there, you yes, know. and you know, when when people, when we all shop in the supermarket, you don't, you don't mm. ever really meet no. the farmer. You can, <laughs> no, you know, there might be a little paragraph on the back but, about some farmer, but, but, you know, there's a massive disconnect. Yeah. But when you're there... You know, and especially when we were at Meetopia and there's fires yes. and flames and <laughs> chefs everywhere, <laughs> kind of ensconced in smoke. And, and then we had um, two extra incredible judges. We had Dario Ciccini, who's like the Italian yes. meat legend, and also Angie Kay mm. from um, New York. And the, the meat finalist, Ruth Davies, for example, from Quinn yeah. Farm, you know, she's really doing something for Welsh charcuterie. Yes. And she, she blew the judges away. And she's the sort of person that when you meet her, you just realise, wow, she, she's, she, yeah, she's yeah, one to watch. She's really already passionate. supplying some of the top London restaurants. Wow. And, and I guess it must be hard because all the finalists are, sometimes, are doing something kind of different from each other. So it must be hard to choose one winner oh sometimes, God. isn't it? It's because impossible. Because they all deserve it. Well, I, I think it's impossible. I'm glad I'm not a judge yeah. and I'm only overseeing it. Because, yeah, I mean, everybody has a different skill even within those genres. And they're all, especially when it gets to the finalists, 
um, you know, to that level. Yeah. And especially because we're now six years in, so the standards are almost getting higher and yes. higher and higher. People are so, expecting more each time because now you're yeah. kind of recognising names, yeah. aren't you? Like, so every every finalist, in a way, could win for yeah. one reason or another. another. So it just kind of depends on the day, doesn't it, on what they're looking yeah. for. Oh, the other category I really love doing mm. is honorary, which is our yes. wild card category. It's yeah. typical YBS, really. It's <laughs> just, just like... <laughs> why not? It, yes, it's, it is. It's the why not wild card category. And we get so many incredible entries because, of course, you can't have 50... We're not big enough business mm. to do... We're not really a business, but no. to do 50 categories. So the honorary one is to fit in... Cause when we Anyone first else? Went, well, everyone was like, where's the beer category? And where's the cheese category? And what about the, what about the seafood category? Yeah. Every, you know, it's just like, oh, guys, we, we can't. can't do this. We're administrating this all on our own, yeah. you know? Like, Amongst we, doing other stuff. Yeah, we're trying to have day jobs too. So, So... Honoree is really exciting. And this year, in fact, I, I, I did want to mention some of them because yeah. I thought they were so cool. So we had um, Max Burgess from The Secret Smokehouse. And he yeah. was just, he's, you know, he, he was worthy of winning. He, he's reviving the London Cure yeah. Salmon in Stepney. Not really anyone is doing no. that anymore. Um, Dan in Essex, Sean Lambton of Lambton and Jackson. Mm-hmm. He was brilliant. But, you know, it's not just about their approach and their ethos also their products yes bloody beautiful yeah i mean we were sort of you know mouth-watering oh hankering <laughs> for his smoked salmon afterwards and then wow. we met um the sustainable milk producer nick millard of holden yes. farm dairy in wales yeah. he was one of the finalists he plays jazz in the milking parlor <laughs> amazing and the half-odd cheese was just divine Incredible. um oh. oh my god he you know he was a really strong contender yeah. He works so hard and his ethos towards the cows, sustainable. I mean, he entered, he was nominated as a sustainable milk producer. And I think that's another really interesting topical subject of the moment. Um, And I think he's really at the fore of that. One to watch. Um, Yeah. And then Grant Harrington, who of course won Butterculture. But hearing him talk about, I think it's diacetyl acid. And that's like the honey nuances you might get in butter. Gosh, Grant, apologies if I'm getting this all wrong. But I think this is what he said. (laughs) But, you know, he's focusing again on top, top animal welfare. The most beautiful milks. It's all about the quality of milk to produce this incredible butter. And his aim really is also to... We don't realise it, but to actually, and I loved him for this, is to actually increase the quality of butter on a national on level. A national, We've done it yeah. to quite a few things, like coffee, mm. for example. But, you know, butter, butter really is, hasn't been focused on. No, so. not at all. Because when he won, it was like, oh, yeah. wow, he's doing butter. Like, yes. It's amazing. It yeah, is. and I think he thinks it's high time we all Yeah, we all celebrate our, butter. Be, yeah. Yes, and become more discerning about <laughs> Definitely. it. Definitely. I know, because we kind of use it in most things, don't you? Oh, my God, day, I eat loads butter, of it. So slabs of it. Yeah, <laughs> You need it to be good stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So he's sort of at the forefront. He's on a mission to improve Britain's butter diet. <laughs> Sounds like a great, uh, great byline to Yeah, to I'm have. happy with it. Yeah. <laughs> and um, who else should we be looking out for? There? Well, I, another person I thought was really pioneering, another highlight, I suppose, was mm. Steve Das from Nirvana Breweries. Yes. Um, and the reason I thought he was so exciting, alongside his beer yoga. You, yeah. Have you heard of beer yoga? No, I haven't. Oh my goodness, it's actually a thing. <laughs> wow. Um, I, I haven't worked out quite what it is, but I think you hold beer in strange places. And that sounds yeah. that sounds like my kind of exercise. <laughs> he, <laughs> he, I think he, well, he tickled me when I when he's talking about the beer yoga. But the reason I thought Nirvana were really exciting is it's 
0.0% alcohol beer. Oh, yes. And, of course, of course, that's the sort of thing that currently is not a very nice drink. But he's making no. it. He's, he's really it focused great. on flavour. Yeah, he's like, that's well, we have proper, he happens to be a beer drinker as well, which I think is okay. terrific. So he yeah, can so he understands, match it. Yeah, yeah, he understands that flavour is so important. Why should we drink crap alcohol-free no. beer? There's no excuse for it. No. So, so what That's he's doing amazing. is really interesting. And Warwick from Renegade Wines was fascinating. Yeah. And, of course, Ruth Spivvy. Yes. Who won. Oh, yes. Wine car boot. I mean, she sounded incredible. Yeah, she's democratised yeah. wine. And she's the reason she won is because she's, she's going to only be bigger and bigger. And what yeah. she's doing... You know, she, at the moment it's London, but yeah, it can it could go everywhere, out, yeah. it could go globally, really. Yeah. Um, and I love the way that cause when they were announcing her as the winner, they kind yeah. of said that wine is often a a thing that can be quite stuffy, and when you think exactly. of wine, it's very kind of overwhelming almost. Yeah. But to make it accessible to everyone and make it fun, yeah, it's just great. Yeah, exactly. Really... So she's, I think, why she's so important in a way is that people who might not know that much about wine feel like they can get geeky or they yeah. can learn. You know, the more people that feel like wine is accessible to them rather than some inaccessible thing, the more the better. The yeah, more, me- the, exactly. more the, merrier, really, <laughs> the more wine, it? the better. Exactly. Yes, exactly. So <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. And is there anyone else you want to mention or you think is... Um, I know everyone is worth celebrating, so that's what yes. makes it so difficult, isn't it? I know we, um, North Star Coffee, won yeah. a few years ago. Yes. And we, um, yeah, we've been there quite a few times. Have you? It's great. Yeah, yeah, coffee's great. I mean, yeah, they were, they were terrific. And Sandoz that won the year before. Mm. And Maxwell Colonna, yes. Dashwood, now he won, I think, three, four years ago. And it's been wow. really interesting because he's just released a book. Yeah, and, it's oh so great goodness, to see them for you. Really it must be great rain. to see them as nominees and then to see how, how yeah. far they come. To watch Maxwell, yeah, yeah because it, in a way he was absolutely a one to watch because even whenever it was he won three, four years ago, his approach to coffee was mind-blowing. It yeah. was uncompromising, <laughs> but it was um, incredible Amazing. as well, yeah. I mean, I think another one who's a one to watch, I guess, is Luke Van Cockrell, the head chef at The Rabbit in the Moon in Manchester. Yes. He's only 22. James Nappett wow. thought he was so creative. Yeah, um, that's amazing. Yeah, I think we should all be watching out for what he yeah. does next. And it's great that there are so many regional... Like, it's not London-focused at all, is it? No. It's all over no. the country. I mean, I think, Everyone is being celebrated. Yeah, I think... I, I can't re- really remember, but most of the people I've mentioned yeah. to you have been from... Have been, yeah, Cornwall, Wales, Cornwall, Dorset, yeah. Wales, where else? Manchester. All over. Yeah, they, it really is. Yeah. It really is. Um quite varied and it's supposed to be it's, it's yeah. not a London centric awards it's no, very much about celebration of, of everyone yes. yeah. yeah great thank you so much Chloe that's it's great okay. I feel Thanks like we've all learned me. a lot more about the Young Bush foodies good good okay next here's Alex and Adam talking dumplings Hi everyone, so it's Alex and Adam here, um, and I'm not sure if you're all aware, but it's Dumplings Day on the 26th. Yes. Um, and we celebrated early by going on a dumplings crawl through and, Chinatown. And we do mean Lucky Chinese us. dumplings, yes, not like dim sum. on top of stew. No. Like you'd know dumplings. Yeah, dumplings. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, just to clarify. Um, so we're going to have a bit of a chat about dim sum um, dumplings and where to get them in Chinatown in London. So dim sum originally come from 
China and particularly Cantonese dish mm-hmm. and that originally were served in tea houses along China's ancient silk route. Yeah, I think that's what people don't really know too much. Well, I, swear, mm. I actually didn't know it was that um, like you'd only ever eat them between like one and five o'clock. Like we'd yeah. have a cream tea. It's like So it's sort of like a sort of like a filler before dinner. It's it not is. actually meant to be too much food. It's like really intense, tasty bites mm. um, and you get sweet and savoury at the same time and you kind of pick. Yeah. And that, that's quite weird to me because I like to eat savoury then sweet. So, like, to then pick and choose between. Oh, so so you have them mixed up? I didn't know that. Yeah, well, they just, just they just bring they usually just bring them all. There's not any order yeah. or like you just order loads and they all come on the table. So you kind mm. of might not know. You're yeah. just kind of like, ah, oh, I assume that's something. Looks like it's got a prawn in it. So or, yeah, but yeah, I'll have that first. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they often have it as Adam said with tea. So mm. um, Chinese teas and green tea, and that act- that tradition of taking tea with dim sum is actually called yum cha, which I just found out um, about an hour ago. Oh, nice! That's Wikipedia, is, is it? Or... Fact. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so there are over eight types of dim sum, um, which is quite overwhelming. But the general rule is being that northern China mostly meat with um, a bit of prawn Mm -hmm. and southern tends to go mostly for prawn mm-hmm. doesn't it so um we tried quite a few varieties on we, our dumplings trail i think we, we ate quite a few we did um and well we're actually already we were quite well adam was a particular esp- <clears throat> expert in a particular type of dumpling um, and that's what we had first at dumplings legend wasn't yeah. it do you want to tell everyone about well, your speciality well it's actually i, I made sheng jangbo which are sort of bigger more street foody ones but the ones okay. that you'd get in like a like a dim sum place it's called Xiaolongbo which is actually named after the sort of bamboo steamer that they are cooked in or steamed mm-hmm. in um, and yeah they're usually um, uh, pork based mm-hmm. made sometimes with prawn um, but the, the speciality with these is that they make like a really gelatinous stock like meat stock beforehand like really uh, fragrant infused with those different things and then they um, obviously yes that cools it turns into like jelly basically mm-hmm. so they mix it, that through the filling and then as it steams in its case it liquefies and obviously because it's encased it sort yeah. of stays as a little package so it you does. have um and then you sort of burst it and obviously this hot fragrant stock comes out and then it also like the meat juices from the, the whatever like the pork or whatever mm. that's been cooking and also like are all inside the little yeah. uh, perfect wrapper you have to be careful they don't don't you because a lot of us burn our tongues I I'm, I don't have patience. <laughs> no, I mean, neither, especially when, when foods are <laughs> Yeah, and I, and I when I know something is going to be tasty, I want to eat it right now. Yeah. So it was, the, the thing they're taking is to poke a little hole with your chopstick yes. in the top, and then that obviously lets the steam out, and you can blow into it, and all, the rest yeah. of it, all those tricks to get it. But they literally so, steam, don't they? It like pours with steam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, they were amazing. So we mm. had those at Dumplings Legend on Gerard Street in yeah. Chinatown. And it's great because they've got a glass-fronted, um, dedicated dumplings kitchen where you can watch the chefs prepare. They prepare hundreds and hundreds a day, oh, I, don't w- they? I would say thousands, probably. Really? Yeah. This wow. Like we should have three... got a fun fact for you all. Well, yeah. How many dumplings It's all good, say. It's all good <laughs> saying that now. Really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah. I would say, yeah, over a thousand because there's three of them and they make what? One every minute and a half, I'd say. It's yeah, just we had a wrapper. go, didn't we? Yeah, there's like one person who'll be making the dough or it might already be made out the back and then one person rolling the wrappers out mm-hmm. then passing it along to one person who's doing like a different type of filling. Um, yeah, and then there's another pe- person who's literally just doing the pleats on the top. It's really technical. Yeah, you had a guy, I had a cut on my finger that day, so I actually, yeah. I didn't want to, I didn't want to, you know... Adam put a picture on our Instagram stories of mine against um, the, the experts and let's say that um, 
mine was very misshapen. Yeah, but as, as a first, like, it's a, it's a very tricky thing to do. It and the is. More you, and it's the more, actually harder than it you know, looks. I think the more you do, the better you get at it. So yeah. as a first go, I would say that many people okay. would have done a lot worse. So I don't Thanks, think you should be very hard on yourself. Thank you. But the, so um, the difficult thing about it is, um, <clears throat> firstly, it's you, you've got to get the right amount of... Um, filling in yeah and then it's the little pleats and it's they've got all different techniques it's a bit like in empanadas um from yeah. um south america there's all different types depending on the filling yeah different types of pleats and um dumplings they um range from uh, like seven to ten pleats mm. don't they so they're the the hargao ha um, yeah. and actually what they told us is that um you obviously you have dumpling chefs and they're training from when they're really young yeah, yeah. and they're specific dumpling chefs and a, a dumpling chef is tested on their hargao right um so hargao are cantonese shrimp dumplings mm-hmm. with a transparent rice flour yeah skin. rice flour so. i think they might be my favorite yeah. because they're just really oh, they've got such a unique texture don't they it's that like almost gelatinous it is, yeah, rice way, yeah, yeah. Um, casing um but um a way that they're judged like with croquetas in spanish tapas mm. bars as well as the same thing is um on like the casing so it must be like a really thin really skin thin, yeah. but sturdy enough to hold when you've got your chopsticks yeah. and also apparently one of the main um criteria is that it mustn't stick to the paper or the hargao yeah. in the in the steamer yeah so um i thought that was quite interesting um yeah. we had those orient london on ward or stream mm. they were delicious they're good they? I, the thing that i love about them is that you can see the beautiful pink vibrant prawn inside so, yeah. so you already know you like your brain's already getting excited yeah for that delicious prawn you're about to eat encased in all that you know yeah and it like, usually is literally yeah, a whole massive prawn yeah. inside yeah, isn't yeah. it um yeah so there's all sorts of like what should we go to next wontons yeah so to, usually and they're a little bit further down the, if you're like start if you want to make your own dumplings i would say this is a good place to start because mm-hmm. you don't really need any technique with pleating or anything because mm-hmm. it's just a simple basically pasta dough it's egg flour water salt you know so then, that's wheat based yes yeah, yeah so like yeah wheat flour rice. um like yellow it like literally mm. looks like pasta i would that's we could have gone into the argument about who created the pasta dough whether mm. it was marco polo and all you know stole it from the yeah. chinese or whatever but um yeah, then usually a prawn filling again. And then you basically just put the filling in the middle and then gather the rest of the one of the wrap around. So cut it into Adam's a little Adam's giving me a nice little demonstration. Yeah, it doesn't really work. It. it doesn't really work on audio <laughs> when I'm showing demonstration with my hands. But, you know, I'll try and explain it best. But, yeah, so you, you'd cut like a maybe like six centimetres square of um, like thin uh, one-ton wrapper dough out, put a teaspoon of filling in, and then you just basically gather it all round into what almost looks like a comet with like its tail yeah. coming behind. And they are, they're usually there. just, thank you. <laughs> it's just on the spot stuff off the cusp. And uh, they're usually just cooked uh, in like a simple broth or... Oh, well, like you, deep, you, I love them deep, deep fried. They correct. remind me of like when I was younger, like when you went to Chinese and you had like big banquets yeah. and you had your prawn wontons. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, if you're wanting to have a go... I reckon they are pretty good. Yeah. And you can also, if you have a good Chinese supermarket, you can buy the wonton wrappers, um, a bit like, um, yeah, like pasta sheets, like really. Yeah, well. or goes, yeah. you can buy, you can already buy the pasta sheets, so you just have to make like a nice, you know, make some pork mince filling with some ginger and garlic and spring onions or something, mm. and then pop it in the middle and away you go. There, done. Bosh. Great. There you go. Um, and 
finally, the sumai. Yeah. Um, so these are open dumplings um, with chopped pork, <clears throat> some and some have shrimp as well. And then they're wrapped in the skin that's left open at the top and yeah. then garnished with cod's roe. I love these as well because mm. um, they're really like, packed with meat, aren't they? Yeah. Well, and the little I, I compressed think, uh, little parcels. They often use sort of either a really fine mince or like a scallop mousse so it can set in like a perfect square. Then they gather the sides up so it keeps its nice mm. square shape as it steams. They're beautiful, aren't they? Yeah. The little, yeah, yeah. little packages. Um, and um, also, um, we didn't get to try them, but I've heard that... Have you ever been to Jen's Cafe? I haven't, uh, no. So it's on Newport Place in Chinatown, and um, apparently they make them in the windows if you're passing at the right oh, time. Nice. So I'm definitely going to go there because yeah, yeah. they have um, these things called Chiu Chow Fun Go. Yeah, I, that is how, that's how they pronounce it. Is it? I don't okay, know. I hope so. <laughs> um, and those are steamed dumplings filled with like peanuts, pork, dried shrimp, and chives. And they're from eastern Guangdong, which is a province in southern China. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that sounds another, delicious. Yeah, yeah. Um, definitely try some of that. Where we where we did go to after was a place called Plum Valley. Again, Ooh, yeah. again on Gerard Street, um, owned by um, Iris and Stanley. Lovely yeah, people. They were. They were great. Um, and they sort of have like a different take on dim sum I suppose I think it's the restaurant well it used to be a bookshop owned by Stanley's dad and then they sort of did it up into this really sort of four I think it's four or five levels uh yeah restaurant. Like a and they got, they got a Spanish it? architect to sort of design yeah. all the interiors so it's a bit like Gaudi yeah 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 there's like some interesting um st- stuff in there yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, but they sort of they've um so they have a specific um dumpling chef and they have like 60 different types of dumplings they have like a separate yeah. kitchen for the dumplings how um, many did they they had um the dumpling chef came and spoke to us, didn't yeah, he? And yeah. he had like six chefs yeah, yeah. under him. Yeah. Like that's just for dumplings. Just, yeah. I so remember they, we were all like, what? They take it very seriously. But they're sort of trying to get newer flavours into, so instead of just like simple pork and scallop mm. or uh, pork and prawn or anything like that. So they were doing like, they had like what, wasabi mm. and they used um, spinach to make the wrappers like vibrant green yeah, and stuff. Yeah, they were so amazing. They, yeah. like, so really instead of pretty. when they're making their dough for the wrapper, they'll juice spinach and then use that like really vibrant green water to make the dough. So it's, yeah. it's really green. And um, yeah, like doing, they had like really cool cocktails and stuff. It was kind of a bit, you know, a bit more wacky, I'd suppose, yeah. I suppose, as opposed to like dumpling station, which is like really classic in and out, you know, exactly what you're going for. Yeah, and they're like next door to each other yeah. pretty much, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. But that's what I love about like Chinatown because I think often when you go there, you say, oh, I really want to go for Chinese because I love Chinese, mm. but you often are a bit overwhelmed with where to go. Um, so we're actually going to do um, a roundup of the best places to go in Chinatown yeah, online cool. um, just so everybody can find there out are, a bit more. Because there are just so many places and, and some of them are hit and miss. So yeah. It's like, you know, have a bit of... We could, yeah, we could be yeah. experts on that because yes. I've eaten a lot of them as an ex-chef. They're often places that are open later. Well, they're only places open until like three, four o'clock in London. Oh, restaurants. Course, so yeah. after you finish like a long Friday night and you, you know, fancy some food and a beer, yeah. you go to Chinatown. So Done. I've, and I've, also a lot of them have karaoke upstairs so yes they do do that as well yeah, on yeah. that note yeah on that note <laughs> see you later see you later Bye. Bye. Thanks to everyone who took part in today's podcast and thank you for listening. I'm going to ask you a quick favour before we say goodbye properly. As ever, please, 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 if you're loving our work, can you review and rate us on iTunes and subscribe for free so that you never miss an episode? That means that even more lovely listeners just like you will get to hear us. You can also let us know what you think on social media. We're at Olive Magazine on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, you name it, we're there. Look forward to hearing from you. Until next time. <laughs>